0: his office suite ahead of the pilgrims, but whatever pleasure or relief that gave him was cancelled out by another annoyance. In crossing the large, vast would be a better description, entrance come reception hall, he had encountered a trio of guides. They spelled the word with a capital G, preparing to receive the first batch of pilgrims. Forbin didn't give a damn for their pseudo-archaic dress blazoned with the Colossus badge or the grand manners they put on with the robes. He was used to all that and had, for a time, even laughed at their antics. But the joke had worn thin. Very thin. As far as possible, he ignored them. But when you happen to be walking across a wide expanse of marble floor alone... What do you do when three magnificently robed creatures turn, face you, and you only, and bow? Not a mere duck of the head, but the full treatment. A deep obeisance, right hands placed on hearts. Forbin, for one, hadn't found a satisfactory answer. He'd tried a quick wave and a false smile, but their dignity and grave faces made him feel foolish. To return the bow had much the same effect upon him, yet to ignore them was rude, and an uncomfortable feeling to sustain all the way across that football field of a floor. Any way he played it, he ended up annoyed with them and himself. Childish nonsense. No. Not that. Not anymore. Somehow, walking awkwardly, Sensing they'd stay bowed until he was out of sight, he made it to his office and relaxed thankfully. In passing on the way to his private office, he gave his secretary a genuine smile, but did not speak. By the time he was seated at his desk, all thoughts of the sect were obliterated from his mind. For a while, he pushed papers around just to settle his thoughts, then called out to his secretary through the open door. Come on, my girl, let's get on with it. She came in at once, bearing an armful of papers and tapes. Well, Angela, what's the good news? Apart from wrinkling one nostril, she made no answer, but sat down in her chair, Forbin watching her quizzically. Angela had a whole range of facial expressions that she used to give him a trailer of the day's program. Today, he guessed, they were low on good news, but equally, it was not that bad. She had been his secretary for many years, and theirs had always been an easy, informal relationship. At least, that is what he had always imagined. Her view was not exactly the same. She had loved her boss for a long time. Even when he became involved with Clio, her feelings had not changed and not much more can be expected of a woman than that. But even Forbin, blind male that he was, realized their relationship had changed. Less and less did she call him chief, a fact he noted with sadness, but some other changes he had not observed. Since his marriage, Angela did not concern herself with his dress, the state of his hair, or his diet, and there lay sadness for her. These matters were no longer her affair, but she still loved him. Without preamble, Angela got down to work. There's a request from the President of India for you to give the opening address. No, he was brisk. Next? She looked up reproachfully. It's only in Delhi. You could ramjet out in the morning, speak, and be back home for dinner. Forbin looked at her his eyes twinkling. And while I'm talking nonsense to 500 deputies, I suppose you'd be happy as a lark buying silks and antiques. She blushed, and her formality slipped. Ah, Chief, that's not fair. He enjoyed teasing her. I'm sure it is. But it also happens to be true, doesn't it? Well, Chief, Director, I- Chief will do, Angela. No, she was nostalgic. Not anymore it won't, Director. Okay, said Forbin, crossly. Have it your own way. But I'm still not going to Delhi.